Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. City. It is such a pleasure to see everybody here this morning. We welcome you here today. If this is your first time here at River City, thank you for visiting. If you're part of our table, we're so happy to make room for you. My name is Antramika Knight, and I have the pleasure of welcoming you all this morning. Here at River City, we connect with the global church by reading a psalm. There are other churches around the world who are also reading this psalm meditating on it this morning. Today's psalm comes from 104, verses 25 to 35, and it starts out by saying, Here's the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships in levitine, which you form to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing the praise of my God while I have being. Verse 34, may my meditation be pleasing to him for I rejoice in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord. If you'll bow your heads in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for today. Thank you for a time to gather and worship together. Thank you for a time in which we can connect with our community, God. God, we pray for those this morning who are looking to experience you, God. God, we pray for those who are unsure or concerned. We pray for anxiety this morning, Father God. We pray for those who have not experienced your unconditional love, God. Let them know that that love is real, that, they, that it is available to them, God. God, let them know that you are available to all. You are omnipresent. 
And we welcome you here today, God. God, we pray for those in Texas who are grieving this morning, who have lost family members, who are sitting by bedsides. Father God, we pray that you are a healer this morning. Thank you, Jehovah Jireh, for being a provider on today. Let those who are lost find their home within you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just, let's just work on being very present with him as he is very present with us. It's so wonderful that instead of Jesus deciding to stay in heaven where it was safe, that he decided to immerse himself into a planet where he had to eventually die but serve even the, the things he created. It's baffling. It doesn't even make sense. So I just feel stirred today that a lot of us have this mentality that we do want to escape, that we do want to get away, that we want to be out of what we're in. And Jesus teaches us better than anyone how to immerse yourself in the hard stuff and then find the beauty in that. So if you're walking through a situation right now that you want to be over, change your prayer and ask him why he has got you in it. He is faithful. He will come through. But it may just look different than what coming through for you might mean. So wherever each of us is at, in Jesus' name, help us to be present with you, warming your body, ears open and eyes open, learning everything you have for us, forming your body to be like you, Jesus, immersing ourselves into this planet, into this world, loving the lost, loving the broken, the abused, loving the sick, loving the addicted, loving the hurting, not running from those things, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for every good gift. Amen. So I get to introduce to you today a couple new aspects of the Christian calendar that you may not know about. So at River City, we um, have celebrated Advent together. That's a season that we celebrate. Um, we talk about Lent. We obviously do Christmas. Um, Easter. And so you see right after Easter is Pentecost. And so that's today, the day of Pentecost. And then it ushers in this season of ordinary time. Um, and so the first, there's two seasons of ordinary time. One focuses on the story of Jesus and one focuses on the story of the people of God and how Jesus is lived through the people of God. So that's the season that we're getting ready to enter into. Um, and I just love that every time we enter in a new season, we have an opportunity and an invitation to enter into the gospel story in a new way. Um, we have another opportunity to create space to really allow the spirit to form our hearts in a different and unique way. And I love that this is circular because we just keep starting over, right? And isn't that the circle of life? It's like birth, death, resurrection. And then we just start over and we go to new depths and new depths. So today is the day of Pentecost. Um, now, the day of Pentecost was originally the Feast of Weeks, and that's a Jewish holiday. And so there were three major Jewish holidays that by the first century were um, like the, the, the big holidays, right, for their culture. Um, people would all come to Jerusalem to celebrate. And so the Feast of Weeks came right after Passover. And so if Passover, they would offer up their first grains to God, that, the day, that Pentecost, they would offer their first loaves. 
So it was this idea of gratitude and celebration and thankfulness. Um, we see this in Leviticus and Numbers where God first instituted these holidays. And what I love about this is very early on in scripture, we are seeing how to live a healthy rhythm, right? The Jewish people modeled for us a rhythm of work, play, rest, right? And so that's what we are constantly trying to enter into, a healthy rhythm of work, play, and rest. Um, so it had had this historical significance, agricultural, um, and then by the, by the first century, it was their time to renew the, the Mosaic Covenant. So at these feasts, they were like, yes, God is the one true God. We are totally on board. So now, this is what's so unique, is now in the first century, on the day of Pentecost that we believe is the, or as Christians, we celebrate as the coming of the Holy Spirit, you have this Jewish historical context, and now you're laying, layering on the context of the coming of the Holy Spirit. But this is what's so neat, is that for Luke, so Luke wrote the gospel, right? And then he wrote Acts. So let's look at Luke 3.15. This is where Jesus is baptized. And so Luke was actually not an eyewitness to the gospel stories. Um, so you can see how he's making a parallel um, in this, do you have Bill? You want me just? I can just read it. I meant to grab a, a Bible, um, and I just want you to pay attention to the language here because I think it's really unique. Obviously, um, he's trying to make points. So, ooh, look, listen to those Bibles turning, guys. That's good. Just, as the people, as the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might. That's not it. So sorry. Hold on. Okay, it's the next one. I'm so sorry. It's my fault, not Bill's. All right. Um, John answered them all. I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So you can see how Luke, as he's writing Luke and he's writing Acts, that he's make, starting to make these parallels, right? The baptism of Jesus with the baptism of the disciples and which would then flow to the, to the baptism of Christians everywhere. So there's a contrast here as we look at the day of Pentecost. The traditional Jewish day of Pentecost was very Torah-focused. Now the Christian day of Pentecost is very Christ-centered. It's very Christ-focused. So it's not, it's not doing away with the Jewish tradition, but it's fulfilling it. It's adding dimension. It's making it more complete. And that's what we find in um, the Pentecost story. So I did grow up Pentecostal, um, in case you did not know that. Um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church in New York. It was a very small church. Um, it had Italian heritage. So basically, the church that I grew up in, it was a group of Italians, Catholic Italians who were in Chicago that experienced this like revival of the spirit. And they all moved to New York and started a church. So that was what I grew up in. It was very unique. <laughs> So every Pentecost Sunday, we would hear the preaching of this story, and then everyone would come, anyone who wanted the Spirit would come to the front. There'd be laying on of hands until someone spoke in tongues. <laughs> so we want to do that at the end of service, guys? You guys ready for that? Um, no, there has been, and I'm not saying that that is wrong. Uh, what I love 
is that there's so much beauty in every tradition, right? In every way that people relate to God, there is beauty. The problem becomes when we start to fight over this. What I grew up with was this sense of this is the way the spirit works. That is it, and I will fight you about that. And so that is not how the spirit works, right? And so we, we have gotten so hung up on the expressions of the spirit that we've forgotten that it's all about the formation of the spirit. What is the spirit doing in our hearts? That's what matters. How it is expressed is not up to us. So while I love seeing the evidence of the spirit move and believe in that, it's, it's, not, it's not a means for disunity. It's not a means for that at all. And so while I have learned to appreciate aspects of the tradition I grew up in, it's not the place in which I stand today because there's a much bigger, broader, fuller place, okay? All right, so um, we're going to sort of reframe this Acts question today. As the River City Church body of Christ existing in Smyrna, 2018, right? How can we position ourselves to receive the spirit to be the helper he was intended to be? How can the spirit form us and empower us to move the kingdom forward? How that is expressed? That's up to the spirit, right? How he wants to manifest, how he wants to boost our faith. We are not in control of how the spirit wants to manifest. We are only in control of the way we position our hearts to receive him, right? Does, does the Holy Spirit want to be in us? Guys. Yes. <laughs> does the Holy Spirit want to form us? Yes. Does the Holy Spirit want to, to use this body to transform this community? Yes. Okay. All right. We're all on the same page. Amen. All right. So um, this is what I also love about how God has been working in our church is that um, everything has sort of connected um, from a even scripture standpoint. So we've been going through the book of Mark, right? And so last week, Josh talked about um, the disciples, and it was um, the upper room and how Jesus uh, prophesied, basically, that they were going to, you know, Judas was going to betray and Peter was going to deny, and how that must have felt like a heavy weight and failure to them when it happened, right? And so what I love about it is, like, it just happens to be that this week we're talking about the Holy Spirit and how really what made those, those disciples' hearts fertile ground. I really think that if they had been a total success in following Christ, would they have been motivated to go to that upper room and wait? I don't know. I think that they heard, you will receive a helper, and they were way more motivated because they had failed. So I really think that failure helped crucify the pride that, that gave them the potential to receive the helper. And isn't that true for us, right? I try to remind my kids of this. Like, when you fail, that's not a bad thing. It's another opportunity. It's a restart. It's a chance for us to say, I really need help. And that's what we see with the disciples. Um, so I love on days like these to travel through the lectionary. Um, and I really, there's so many, the lectionary is so beautiful in how it's put together. So there's four passages in the lectionary. And um, you guys have already heard from the Psalm 104 passage. Um, so we're going to read the John passage. Um, and this is John in 15. And this takes place in the upper room. So in John's gospel, he has just told them, one of you is going to betray me, one of you is going to deny me. And then he goes into a very long teaching. 
Um, and this is part of it. So they've just heard, essentially, you're going to fail, right? They've just heard that. And then these is, this is Jesus' so-called so next breath. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Is that it? Yes, that's it. Okay. So this word here, helper, um, is the word paraclete in the Greek, which means one who comes alongside. And so we see this translated as comforter or advocate or helper. Um, so it's literally one who, I love the imagery of that, right? The, the Greek words have so much beautiful imagery that it's hard for us to translate, but it's literally like one who's standing next to me, walking with me, helping me, doing life with me. And so Jesus is telling them, don't worry. You're going to fail, but don't worry. I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send someone to help you. I just love that. Um, let me find my place. Okay, um, Romans 8, 22 through 27. This is also the... A New Testament passage in the lectionary. We should have some elevator music in between. You guys can tell me when it's up, otherwise I'm going to look for it. Oh, I have it. I have it printed out. It's too many papers. I've got too many papers. All right, Romans 8, 22 through 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, which is so interesting because if you look back up at that Psalm 104 passage, it talks about how when you send forth your spirit, they are created. So this is just, this is a nerd moment. But if you, if you look at these passages, you can start to see these like little themes, right? So like the spirit creates and recreates. We see that in Psalm 104, but that creation is, is groaning right? The creation is groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, uh, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what, he, what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that beautiful? The spirit, we can just groan, and the spirit is interceding on our behalf. I mean, it's just so beautiful. Um, all right, so now let's get to our main text. This Acts 2, 1 through 21. Here we go. Okay, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? 
And how is it that we hear, each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That second half of that is so cheery, isn't it? <laughs> so positive. Um, we are going to focus on the first part of that. Not because we need to ignore the second part, but we're going to ignore it today. <laughs> um, Okay, so before we move on in the passage, I want to just stop and look at this idea that they were all together in one place. Um, in Acts 1.14, it said that they were all united in their devotion to prayer. So the spirit moving always happens as a people are unified, right? As a people are gathering, as they are doing life together. And so I want on this day of Pentecost, in the same way that the day of Pentecost has been a time for celebration and gratitude, I want us to stop for a moment and celebrate what God has done in our groups. If you didn't know, we have life groups, and we have a life group season or a group season that ends today, and today we begin a season of rest. Everyone go, ha. Ah. So it's going to be like, guys, in faith. Okay, so this is our calendar rhythm that sort of is another layer on the Christian calendar. So before we are catapulted by the Spirit into the next season, I want us to take a minute and be grateful for what God has done in our community. So I also want to thank my leaders. If you are here, if you could please stand. Bill Pinto, Amy May, Chris Randazzo, Katie and Kyle Campan, Linda Legro, Jane and Lance Craig, Esther and Mark Shashari, Robin and John Zerk. Guys, stand up. Did I say, did I not say that? You're all ignoring me. Hold on, not done. Patience and Henry Hagen, Aaron Carmen and Ryan Wade, Brooke and Jason Hamill, Brittany Dugas, Stephen and Mallory Webster. Okay, some of them are not here or they're serving. So from our body and from me, thank you. Thank you so much for serving the last 14 weeks and loving our people. We are so appreciative. Okay, now you guys can sit down for a minute. But what I did invite some of them to do is to share for a, a 30 seconds something God has done in their group, something that was they can celebrate, something they are grateful for, um, just a, a, a moment of gratitude. So if you are one of my people and you will stand up, 
that would be awesome. God is moving, right? That's so good. So let's just take a minute and say thank you. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for community. We have pushed into community. We have pushed into awkward. We have done the work. We have showed up every week to a group of people and chosen to do life with them, chosen to confess with them, chosen to sit in silence with them. And so, Lord, we, we understand that we don't even fully comprehend how you are forming our hearts in those moments, but we know that you're doing it. And thank you for a reminder that you are at work in our group. We appreciate it. We pray blessing on these leaders and we pray that you would raise up new leaders so that we might all find a sense of belonging in the body of Christ here at River City. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, all right, so moving on. Um, all right, we're gonna talk about the day of Pentecost, actually what happened for a minute. Um, and this idea that the spirit was manifested in wind, fire, and inspired speech. And I keep wanting to say earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> Every time I get to this part, I'm like, earth, no, it's not earth, it's tongues. Not nearly as cool for a song, right? Um, but so if you were a Jewish person at this time, those would be clear symbolisms of God's presence. You would get those things. So when the spirit manifested himself, herself, no gender, um, her, maybe I should say herself, the spirit manifested herself, be controversial. Um, so when the spirit showed up, these, this was the evidence, and they would have been like, oh, God's been doing this since the beginning. We get that. So the first was um, wind. Okay, there's this idea in the Hebrew, it's ruha, and um, in the Greek, it's pneuma. And it's the word for wind and spirit actually become interchangeable. So sometimes it's wind, sometimes it's spirit. So a lot of times when you see um, the word spirit, it's actually this word pneuma. They just add holy on, um, which I think is amazing. So I'm about to read this passage to you guys from Ezekiel. It's one of my favorite passages. And if you know me, I have a flair for the dramatic, and I just can't not read this passage dramatically. <laughs> so it's so good. But this is what I love about the idea of the spirit as wind. It's like every time we take a breath, right, we are reminded of the spirit. This is why we do breath prayer, and this is why we take deep breaths to calm ourselves down. You know, everywhere I go right now, I'm seeing all these, like, magazines that are talking about mindfulness, and I'm like, God. About time you guys caught up. We've been doing this since the beginning of time, right? The breath of God, right? Yahweh was actually Yahweh, like literally your breath. So every time we take a breath, every time I love feeling the wind on my skin, I think it's because it's a reminder of the spirit. It's something interchangeable about that. So this passage in Ezekiel, and I'm actually going to read it um, from the Common English Bible, and this is in the lectionary of this week, and it's, oh, it's so good. Okay. So the Lord's power overcame me, and while I was in the Lord's spirit, he led me out and set me down in the middle of a certain valley. It was full of bones. He led me through them all around, and I saw that there were a great many of them on the valley floor, and they were very dry. He asked me, human one, can these bones live again? I said, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, this gives me chills, prophesy. 
over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the Lord's word. The Lord God proclaims to these bones, I am about to put breath in you and you will live again. I will put sinews in you, put flesh on you and cover you with skin. When I put breath in you, you will come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. I prophesied just as I was commanded. There was a great noise as I was prophesying. Then a great quaking, and the bones came together bone by bone. Then I looked. Suddenly there were sinews on them. Then the flesh appeared, and then they were covered over with skin. But there was still no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, human one. Say to the breath, The Lord God proclaims, come from the four winds breath, breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. I prophesied just as he commanded me. When the breath entered them, they came to life and stood on their feet, an extraordinarily large company. He said to me, human one, these bones are the entire house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up. And our hope has perished. We are completely finished. So now prophesy and say to them, the Lord God proclaims, I'm opening your graves. I will raise you up from your graves, my people, and I will bring you to Israel's fertile land. You will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves, my people. I will put breath in you and you will live. I will plant you on your fertile land and you will know, you will know that I am the Lord. I've spoken and I will do it. This is what the Lord says. You guys will just close your eyes for a minute. Just open your palms, just open your hands. We receive your breath and your spirit. We turn off the parts of our brains that say, No, the doubts, those of us that lack hope, that are in our graves, will you prophesy? Speak to the dry bones and let them live. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. That wasn't my ending, guys. That was just a side side note. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Lastly, um, the third sign was inspired speech. So this is where we get hung up. It's so weird. It's so funny to me how when we read scripture, this is pet peeve, um, we just like pull out the things that we're okay with. Sometimes we ignore the things that we're not okay with. We all get hung up on like the tongues part, but no one's getting hung up on like the fire and the wind. We're like, oh, that's totally cool. That's totally normal. But this tongue stuff, whew, that's really... So it's just, it's so interesting to me, right? But this is, this is the part of the, the story that, that people tend to get really, really edgy and uncomfortable about. Um, and so this idea of inspired speech was actually something very common for that culture. Um, their prophets or oracles were a lot of times associated with this idea of inspired speech. So there's different opinions. I, the commentaries I read on, none of them, they didn't agree. One person said this, the other person said this, and I was like, if you really smart, educated people can't agree, then we probably shouldn't all try to hash this out. 
So the bottom line is, is that some people think these were ecstatic utterances that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, and some people say they were actual languages, okay? It's, the point is not which one, right? Is the point that? No. The point is the formation of the Spirit on these guys' hearts so that they literally get out of this room and change the world. That's the point. The point is not how it happened. Do you all agree? Okay, good. I'm glad we're all on the same page with that. If you guys want to go back to your life groups, though, and you can talk about that, right, in a healthy dialogue. Um, all right, so we don't seek the signs of the Spirit. We seek the formation of the Spirit. This is the point. The Holy Spirit in this moment became the source of all guidance for the local church, for the church at large, and for the individual. All the leaders of the church were then described as of the Spirit. So as a leader in church, you should be walking in the Spirit. That's just, that's just part of it, right? The Spirit is the source of day-to-day -day courage. But there's not like a little bit more for the really good spiritual people, right? Or the really extroverted people don't get more spirit. Like that's just bad theology. Let's just call it what it is, right? The degree to which we can possess the spirit is conditioned by the kind of people we are. It means that anyone who is honestly trying to do the will of God will experience more and more of the wonder of the spirit. Less of me, more of him, right? Less of me, more of him. The mission of the early church would have been impossible apart from the Spirit's empowering. The same is true for us today. In the same way that the day of Pentecost catapulted the church into this season of faithfulness where they were literally ready to die for their faith is the same story and narrative that we get to step into, right? So today is the day of Pentecost, okay? We are moving into this season of ordinary time. So as a church, I say, let's allow the spirit to catapult us into a season of faithfulness. Now, for us, there's this added element of the season of rest. So we are going into this season of rest, right? Um, and I feel like this is so necessary for our church. Guys, I feel it so deep in my, probably because I've been living this. Um, and I just feel like, I feel like I'm on this track of how I'm supposed to live life. And I end up, the good life that I'm moving towards is all what the world tells me the good life is. And I keep saying, like, I know that this is not, I know I need to be reoriented. I know I need to be reoriented. But what happens is we have to start with rest. Rest is the only way we're able to do faithful work. It has to start with rest. As we move into this season of ordinary time, empowered and catapulted by the work of the Spirit, we ask, how does the Spirit want to form me, to form our community during this season of rest? How can I be faithful during this season of rest? And how can this season of rest move me towards faithfulness? I love this idea of faithful. I've been sort of, it's like my new word of the season. Um, but when I looked up the definition, it's this idea of being true to something, right? Um, and so I think in the terms of faithfulness, I think that the early church was faithful in that they were true to the gospel of Christ, right? They were, so for us, I think it has these layers. I, I, we are called as the body to be true to the gospel of Christ, true to the, to the mission of the kingdom. I'm also called to be true to who God created me to be, right? Because I can do a lot of works and a lot of good-looking things, and it's just me trying to show off and, and be a performer, so I have to be faithful to myself, 
faithful to the local body, right? That's how, that's how this whole thing is lived out. The kingdom moves forward all together, all of us. And we can't get the headspace unless we're resting. We just can't. We've got to rest. And we use these terms here at, at um, River City like, um, okay, so I guess this would be a good time for my, for my newly improved graphic. You guys are going to love this. <laughs> Alice did this. Thanks, Alice. She's the best. So if you haven't seen the original, it, it is amazing. But Alice captured the spirit of the original, but so improved it. So great. We talk every time I speak, I talk about this. And there's a part of me that when I'm planning, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I sound like a broken record, but I can't not, I just can't not see spiritual formation through, outside of this lens. Like, we are always being moved towards the good life, right? And we talk about this. We talk about the good life. We talk about healthy rhythms. We talk about rest. I use this so much, and we do that. I'm concerned it's just going to become cliche for us. There's something... There's something that has to move us beyond just our good intentions. Like, oh, yeah, I know I need to rest. Like We say that all the time. Oh, yeah, I know. I know I need to slow down. I know I need to rest. And so we cannot be faithful without rest at all. Faithfulness comes from rest, and rest comes from faithfulness. It, it starts to be this, this back and forth again, right? Rest has to go in the middle. And so... If we're faithful, Kara said this, and I loved it. If we are faithful to the right things, there is room for rest, right? And if we are resting, there's plenty of room for faithfulness. There's plenty of room for service. I'll give of my time. I'll give of my resources. I'll, I'll leverage my influence. I'll give of my money because I've got, I've got a well. I've got a deep well. Rest gives us that deep well. Okay, so I am going to... Um, this is something I'm going to be doing, and I'm actually going to ask our staff to do it. Surprise. Um, but maybe during this season of rest, this, this is sort of the closing argument, and then I'll do this. We need the spirit. We cannot rest. Like, I know the spirit moves in different ways in different times. It's the same spirit. And we don't need to spread necessarily. We do need to spread the gospel. i got to watch how I say this. Um, it's not, it's not the same as the first century, right, where this was like a new message. So hear me that the spreading of the gospel is important. But to live in American culture and to live a lifestyle of rest is impossible without the baptism of the Spirit. It's, it's literally impossible. I have described it as I feel like that's the good life I want to get to and the Grand Canyon is in between, and I cannot get there. But the Spirit, Right? And so this has been such an encouraging message for me because I think, oh, oh, I have a helper. We can do this, right? We can do this because out of the rest comes everything else that's good. Okay, so I think some of you during this next season of rest need to get a blank piece of paper or a blank whiteboard. And I think you start writing on this whiteboard the things that are part of a healthy rhythm for you. And maybe some of you might need, like we have jobs, right? So... Let's say work's on there. Maybe you start paying attention to how much time different things take up, and maybe you find that, like, this is this, is this right? 
And then if you're like me, baseball <laughs> is like that right now in my life. <laughs> um, maybe you start writing on here the things you know you are to be faithful to. And maybe as you write it down, you say, is, is, that, is that faithfulness? Is living this rhythm out faithful? Is there space on here for loving my neighbor? For running to someone's house when they are broken and crying or when they're sick and they need a meal? Is there room on this board for, for spending, serving in my local church? Is there room on this board to be walking through this parking lot and I've rested enough so that I have enough margin to sit with someone who I might not know, who the spirit might say, go talk to that person? Is there enough room? We are being called to faithfulness, right? We are being called to rest. I know this for our community. I, I know it. I know it just for all the conversations I have with everyone where everyone's really tired. So how can we position ourselves to receive the spirit to be the helper he was intended to be? We create space for the spirit to be formed in us through rest. Rest causes us to reevaluate our own faithfulness and reorient our hearts to the kingdom. In this time of stillness and waiting, we expect the spirit to move. We just know he will, right? All right, so we're going to do something I'm really excited about. Is James in here? Hey, James. Will you come on up for us? Um, we're just going to practice rest together. Um, so for the next few minutes, I told James when he plays the piano, Oh, it's so spiritual to me. Like, I just feel the Lord's presence. There's something so beautiful. And I was like, will you just play while we sit and rest? So guess what? There is no, there's nothing for you to do. You're literally going to sit here and rest. As you take deep breaths, let it remind you that the Spirit is in you, right? That he's with you. Just rest.
So, so there's no way to stop this in a great way. <laughs> Just the killer of all things good and peaceful. The reason I think that is is because you guys have just been reminded how important that is, and your hearts have been longing for that. And so if you're anything like me, you sat there and thought, oh my gosh, why, why am I not involved in this all the time? It's an invitation, so. James, that's awesome. I, I really feel like for you, bro, that's one of your most truest forms of you being you that I can, I've ever seen. So I just want to say thank you, bro. I love it. Um, <laughs> this is awesome. All right, so. Yay. Um, you guys want to give to the new space? <laughs> Real good service planning, Josh. So, how do, hey, how can we give everybody to never give? Do like 10 minutes of silent piano. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I, this, so part of faithfulness and rest is what she just said. Kara said it, life group. It was me that said it, but I'm not offended at all. I mean, I love you for that. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's that many. Um, Part of rest comes in putting yourself in the right things, and it can happen. So faithfulness is a part of that as well, and we're just asking you guys to keep, to keep praying about this. Um, we have the space downstairs for kids now and for other things, and we want to have it done by August 1st. And for the other things that are coming in the future, that's business-related stuff, maybe like a shared working space for the city of Smyrna, that's another means that we're going to figure out creative ways. For this, we feel like this is the body's responsibility they're our children, right? We've prayed for God to provide a place. He has. And so we're asking for generous hearts. And I'm not going to try and manipulate you because that, that works less than not saying anything. But I am asking you to pray if God is asking you to respond in generosity or sacrificial giving. If he is not and you are certain, do not give to this. But if you open space and pray that for our kids, God can continue for them what we've been experiencing up here, then give. Don't take out a loan to give, but give sacrificially. Does that make sense? The way you can let us know is by filling this out. The amount you'll give totally, and then how you want to give it, weekly, monthly, or all at once, and you can put it in one of these three things. I'm not going to say any more about that right now. Um, and then we're going to close with some prayer for people. So if you guys, if you're on a prayer team, you can come forward. Um, if you would like to receive prayer today, and some of the things that were said today should have probably stirred many people. I was very stirred in multiple ways, and if you just feel like you would want to respond to that, we have people here that would love to pray with you. So if you would all stand to your feet. Am I missing anything, Sarah? I got kind of lost in the piano. I feel a little woozy in the piano. Um, if you have children, we have gone a little bit late today. It's okay. Um, I catch a lot of flack for that, so it feels good to not be the one. Um, but just be kind to the kids' ministry and tell them thank you for watching the kids, right? It's a big, they're, they're serving so that we can be in here. And someday you'll do the same. So we would ask you to go get those children right now, though, <laughs> lovingly. If you want to stay in this space for prayer, we ask that you do not jump into deep conversations that are loud. Maybe go in the hallway. If you're new and want to talk about this space or this church, I'll be in the front room. So, Father, as we... As we prepare to just set our hearts before you in ministry time and then those of us have to leave, we ask that you would go before us in the rhythms that you've given us in rest and faithfulness. We thank you for community. We thank you for every good gift that's from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.